Welcome to St. Andrew and our virtual worship for the third week of Easter. I'm Mark Rico, and on behalf of Pastor Nick Gonzalez, I wish you the blessings of Christ as you worship from wherever you are. And I invite you to center your heart and your mind on the risen Lord today and reflect on these words from Psalm 16. Protect me, O God, for in you I take refuge. I say to the Lord, you are my Lord, and I have no good apart from you. Those who choose another God multiply their sorrows, but the Lord is my chosen portion and my cup. I keep the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand, and I shall not be moved. Therefore, my heart is glad, and my soul rejoices. My body also rests secure. You show me the path of life, in your presence there is fullness of joy. In your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Christ is risen indeed, and we begin in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
Then Jesus opened their minds to understand the scriptures and said to them, it is written that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead and that repentance and forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name. Let us pray. Almighty God, we confess to you that we have sinned by selfish thoughts, hurtful words and unloving actions. We have failed to live as your witnesses. We have been reluctant to do your will and blind to your glorious mission. For the sake of our risen Lord Jesus Christ, forgive us and give us the grace to walk by faith now and to the day of everlasting life. Amen. As a called and ordained servant of Christ and by his authority, I declare to you the entire forgiveness of all your sins in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. May the eyes of our hearts be enlightened, that you may know the hope to which God has called you. Amen. Let us pray. Almighty God, you sent your Son to proclaim your kingdom and to teach with authority. Anoint us with the power of your Spirit that we too may bring good news to the afflicted, bind up the brokenhearted, and proclaim liberty to the captive. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, our risen Lord. Amen. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 24th chapter. Now on that day when Jesus appeared to Mary Magdalene, two disciples were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem and talking with each other about all these things that had happened. While they were talking and discussing, Jesus himself came near and went with them, but their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And he said to them, what are you discussing with each other while you walk along? They stood still, looking sad. Then one of them, whose name was Cleopas, answered him, are you the only stranger in Jerusalem who does not know the things that have taken place there in these days? He asked them, what things? They replied, the things about Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet, mighty indeed in word before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and leaders handed him over to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all this, it is now the third day since these things took place. Moreover, some women of our group astounded us. They were at the tomb early this morning, and when they did not find his body there, they came back and told us that they had indeed seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. 
Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but they did not see him. Then he said to them, Oh, how foolish you are, and how slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have declared. Was it not necessary that the Messiah should suffer these things and then enter into his glory? Then beginning with Moses and the prophets, he interpreted to them the things about himself in all the scriptures. They came near the village to which they were going. He walked ahead of them as if he were going on, but they urged him strongly saying, stay with us because it is almost evening and the day is now nearly over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, blessed it and broke it and gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened and they recognized him and he vanished from their sight. They said to each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he was talking to us on the road, while he was opening the scriptures to us? The same hour they got up and returned to Jerusalem and they found the 11 and their companions gathered together. They were saying, the Lord has risen indeed and he has appeared to Simon. Then they told what happened on the road and how he had been made known to them in the breaking of the bread. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Hi everyone. I'm here to talk to you about today's Bible story. The story is called The Road to Emmaus. On Easter Sunday, we celebrated that Jesus is alive. When Jesus rose from the dead, he didn't go back to heaven right away, but he came to earth to show himself to his disciples and his followers. One day, two of his disciples were walking to a village called Emmaus. They were sad and a little confused because Jesus died. On their journey, they saw Jesus, but they didn't recognize that it was him. Jesus asked them what they were talking about, and they explained that Jesus died on the cross, but he was not in the tomb three days later. Jesus showed the disciples the scriptures and followed them on their journey. When they reached Emmaus, Jesus broke bread and gave thanks to God. In that moment, the disciples finally realized that it was Jesus, their savior. The Bible says that when Jesus broke the bread, the disciples' eyes were opened and they were able to see him for who he really was. This reminded me of my glasses. Do any of you wear glasses? When I'm not wearing my glasses, it's hard for me to see clearly. When I look around, everything is a little blurry. But when I put my glasses on, I can see. I can see everything around me. This is what it was like for the disciples in Emmaus, and this is what it is like for you and me. Sometimes we get sad and a little confused. Sometimes we are afraid of what is happening around us. But Jesus helps us to see clearly, and he reminds us that he is with us on every step of the journey. We do not have to be afraid because he is with us. Let's fold our hands, bow our heads, and say a prayer to Jesus. Dear Jesus, thank you for being with us. Help us to see your love clearly so we do not have to be sad or afraid. Help us to remember that you are with us on every step of our journey. We love you so much. In your name we pray. Amen. In the days of video conferences, video chats of all kinds, and many of you have experienced what it's like to be on a video call by now, uh, one of the most popular apps in the world is Zoom. Uh, Zoom is, of course, the video app that 
everyone all around the world has been using to communicate. Uh, during this time, of course, where classrooms are online, where church is happening online via virtual Bible studies, even just virtual hangouts and meetups. And of course, uh, Zoom has experienced a great boost in business, and at the same time, we've seen the wonderful joy of technology. But as with any technology or app, there are always downsides and pitfalls. Uh, and one of those pitfalls has recently come out over the past few weeks with Zoom. Uh, it's called Zoom bombing. Now, Zoom bombing is when a, someone, an unexpected, uninvited guest, joins your video call and interrupts the whole thing. Uh, and of course, then you have to figure out how to kick them out, and it's really just a big mess. But the reality is, Zoom bombing isn't really something new. It's just a, a new take on something that's been happening for a long time. Uh, because before there was Zoom bombing, there was photo bombing. Uh, and personally, I love a good photo bomb. Now, I couldn't find one of myself to share with you, but I do think you'll appreciate the one that you're about to see. Uh, see, uh, as you can see in this photo, photobombing is, what I would say, an art form. Uh, it's a skill as someone masterfully places themselves in the background of a photo without anyone else knowing, and then they strike a pose for everyone else to see. Now, of course, as you can see in this photo, uh, my wife Lauren has achieved perhaps an incredible level of a photobomb. Uh, you might even say, or at least I realize, that when the bride and groom would eventually see this photo, they realize that it is not going to be their Christmas card. <laughs> now, in her defense, she was the matron of honor, so it was all in good fun. Uh, but of course, as you can see, uh, we've got Zoom bombing with Zoom calls, and then you got to see a photo bomb that's been going on for a long time. But before Zoom bombing or photo bombing, there's the age-old classic of eavesdropping. You know, when you get to listen to a conversation that you're not supposed to be a part of and that might not be about you, but it's something so interesting that you just can't pull yourself away. And so you creatively find a way to listen to this conversation, but never get noticed that you're actually listening. Now, I realize some of you might call this being nosy. I like to call it creative listening. Uh, and uh, I want to take that to the next level. You know, eavesdropping has been happening for thousands of years. Uh, but even before there was eavesdropping, there was this thing that I just want to call dropping in or showing up. Uh, because that is what Jesus does. Uh, you see, church, when we least expect it, Jesus shows up. And uh, this is, in fact something that Jesus has perfected. He perfected the art of just dropping in or showing up. And we see this in his two post-resurrection stories. Uh, see, if you remember the text from last week, Jesus shows up in this moment twice in the story of Thomas when Jesus appears to his disciples. In fact, Scripture goes as far to say and point out, both times the doors were locked, the room was shut, and yet Jesus just appears. What Jesus does, he shows up. And so it's no surprise that in our text for today, it's what he does. As these two disciples are on their way to Emmaus, making the long journey from Jerusalem to Emmaus, Jesus shows up. Now, interestingly, we're told that Jesus keeps the disciples from recognizing him. So as he shows up in their life, uh, he's really just a stranger to them. They can't figure out who he is. He's just another man. And so uh, you have to remember that context for what happens next. Because Jesus shows up, 
as a stranger, and he goes to the disciples, he says, hey guys, what's going on? Now, the disciple who answers him, listen to the tone in which he speaks to Jesus. He says, are you the only stranger in Jerusalem who does not know the things that have taken place in these days? And Jesus looks at him and he says, what things? Just imagine what the disciples must have been feeling as this man who comes up to them says, what's going on? I imagine it would be similar to if you were going to the store right now and you had your face mask on and you're walking around and someone comes up behind you, peers over your shoulder, no mask on, touches you and then says, hey, uh, why is everyone wearing masks? First things first, you'd, you'd probably give them a little, hey, six feet away, six feet away. And then after that, you would say, well, because everyone's practicing social distancing, don't you know what's going on? And then this person would look at you and say, well, no, what's that? Now, I imagine you might have uh, some choice words. You might be really frustrated with them, but you would probably also be feeling really confused. Uh, you might be feeling shocked. Like, how could this person not know what's going on right now? This is how the disciples felt. How could this guy that shows up with them on the road not know what had just happened? Uh, listen to how they describe the story. Uh, see, because this is happening three days after Jesus has died. So this is the day of the resurrection. Listen to how these disciples describe the past couple of days. They say, the things about Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word before God and the people, and how our chief priests and leaders handed him over to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all this, it is now the third day since these things took place. And then as the disciples continue, uh, they explain how Mary showed up to the tomb, and she saw the tomb was empty, and then she saw the risen Lord, and how they also heard the other disciples go to the tomb, and the tomb was empty, that they heard these accounts, and yet what I find so interesting as they're relaying the story to Jesus is you can almost hear the disappointment in their voices. You can hear that they're still stricken by grief because Jesus is dead. And now they don't know what to do with themselves. Just listen to that verse again, verse 21. Listen to what the disciple says. We had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. And it's still been three days since he died. These disciples still did not understand that Jesus had actually risen from the dead, that what Mary had seen and prophesied about, that what the other disciples had told them, Jesus was indeed alive, but that wasn't good enough for them. They still did not believe. Instead, they were just sad. They were disappointed about what was going on. And honestly, they wondered, if Jesus wasn't the Messiah, who could it be? And then Jesus responds to them uh, in a very unique way. He says, how foolish you are and how slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have declared. Was it not necessary for the Messiah should suffer these things and then enter into his glory? And then scripture tells us that Jesus, beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted the things about himself in all the scriptures. 
You know, if there was one conversation in the Bible that I want to eavesdrop in on, this would be in my top three. Uh, Because in this moment, Jesus does two things. Uh, First off, he calls the disciples out for not believing what they had heard of the prophets of old. That all the prophets had spoke about this Messiah and how he was going to have to suffer and how he was going to have to die and then he was going to rise again. That, that they didn't understand those things. And so uh, he scolds them because he knows they've read this, they've heard this, they've perhaps even taught it to others. But then the second thing that he does is just so incredible. It's a moment that I'm sure we would all want to be a part of. He interprets the scriptures for them. Uh, another way to say that is Jesus does is he goes all the way back to Moses. Uh, he basically takes what we know as the Old Testament and he tells the story. He teaches them, but this time in light of Jesus as the Messiah, that Jesus of Nazareth, the man who they believed was indeed the Messiah, is the Messiah. And so when he's telling them this story, when he's reading to them the scriptures, interpreting them right before their very eyes, they are able to have this understanding that Jesus was supposed to die, that he was supposed to be buried, that he was supposed to be found in the tomb empty, that the empty tomb was a good thing, that Jesus has indeed risen, that he is risen indeed. Hallelujah. I can only imagine what it must have been like to hear Jesus interpret the scriptures right in that moment. And yet, that still was not enough for the disciples to see Jesus. Uh, In fact, it's not until later on in the story that they go into a house that they're resting and they invite Jesus to join with them, thinking he's still a stranger. And finally, Jesus breaks bread with them and he blesses the bread. And in that moment, the disciples' eyes are opened and they see this is Jesus. And then Jesus vanishes. And the next thing the disciples do is they turn to each other and they say, Were not our hearts burning within us while he was talking to us on the road? While he was opening the scriptures to us? You see, in this moment, the disciples realize this was Jesus. That all along, while they're on this road walking and the scriptures are being interpreted to them, it was, in fact, Jesus himself interpreting. That he was telling them this wonderful, incredible story and realizing that it was Jesus all along that they felt this burning sensation, but they didn't know how to describe it. And yet that's because it was Jesus revealing to them all that the scriptures had held, all this news that Jesus is indeed the Messiah. Uh, The disciples' feelings here illustrate what I've been saying to you all along, that when we least expect it, Jesus shows up. But what about for me and for you? Uh, none of us are going to be taking that long walk from Jerusalem to Emmaus, definitely not right now, and perhaps not in the foreseeable future. And in terms of celebrating the physical presence of Jesus, well, that's something we do in communion, and yet it's something that we ultimately wait for, as we wait for Jesus to return in both body and soul. And when that happens, we will certainly celebrate. But right now, we're still waiting. And of course, right now, we find ourselves in a time that none of us could have ever expected, this time of being socially distant, of being physically apart from one another, is unprecedented. It's something that many, if not all of us, have never experienced before. And honestly, 
there's so much in our lives right now that just feel like we don't know what to expect. But church, as I've said to you over and over, when we least expect it, Jesus shows up. And don't hear what I'm not saying, because I know Jesus is always with us. That's the promise he makes to us in Matthew 28. And uh, I also know that knowing Jesus is with us, it doesn't immediately make things easier for us. That we know that Jesus is with us right now, but there are things in our lives that are still hard. There are hardships that we are experiencing, some for the first time. There are losses that we are experiencing. And having Jesus is certainly a great comfort, but it does not necessarily make things easier. But at the same time, it would be impossible for me not to say that during this time, when people are experiencing all kinds of fear and anxiety, that Jesus has shown up. That many of us are seeing and experiencing life with Jesus in all kinds of new ways. And that for the first time, there are people who are seeing and experiencing life with Jesus. That during this time where fear and anxiety sounds so, so popular that that's all we hear about, that people are actually seeing this new life. They're experiencing life with Jesus. That in fact, Jesus has shown up. And maybe you've experienced that in your own personal way. That maybe it's been in an online Bible study that you're able to join now. Or maybe you've experienced a life with Jesus in terms of forgiveness because you've either had to forgive or you've needed forgiveness because you've been home with someone for just a little bit too long now. You know, a friend of mine, a pastor in Nebraska, recently wrote it and he expressed it this way, that during this pandemic, if you go on social media, if you go on Facebook in particular and you scroll down for perhaps the first time in history, it only takes five to ten posts before you see something about faith. That uh, during this time, it doesn't take long to hear people talking about prayer, to hear people talking about hope, to hear people sharing good news, good stories. And of course, there are bad stories going on. There are sad stories being shared, but those have always existed. But this is an unprecedented moment where we are seeing people sharing their life with Jesus for the whole world to experience. That Jesus is indeed more alive, perhaps, than we ever have shared before. And what a great truth. It's so unique that at a time when churches everywhere have been unable to gather physically in person for over a month, the Word of God is still being proclaimed that people are still hearing, believing, and trusting in Jesus. Just as you heard two weeks ago, as Pastor Mark proclaimed the resurrection, it's still Easter. Jesus is still alive, and we are experiencing him in our lives in ways that we might have never expected. Because when we least expect it, Jesus shows up. My dear brothers and sisters in Christ, as we continue in this Easter season and our lives continue with all kinds of unexpected changes or unexpected things, my hope and prayer for each and every one of you is that you continue to see and experience life with Jesus. Because no matter the circumstance, Jesus shows up. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, Amen.
Rejoicing in the resurrection of our Lord, let us remember in prayer the church, the whole world, and all people according to their needs. Gracious and holy God, our very present help in trouble, we praise you for the victory you have given us through your Son, our risen Lord, who meets us wherever we are. Rekindle in us today our confidence in your presence as you open your word to us and feed us with your life-giving grace. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Sustain us through this time of spreading illness. Bring relief to those who suffer, holy comfort to those who mourn, and strength to all who minister to the human family through their various callings and vocations. Inspire our leaders and the leaders of all nations to make wise decisions and discover new ways of being agents of healing and peace. Work through the minds and skills of those who conduct research and in the hearts and hands of those who extend your loving care. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Bless our congregation and your church in every place, scattered in this pandemic, but united by your spirit 
in the glorious fellowship we enjoy by your conquering love in Christ. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Reveal your presence to us throughout this week and stay with us, O God, that we may be carried forward in faith by your abiding love as we offer our prayers and hopes, trusting in your mercy through Jesus Christ, our risen Lord, who remembers us in his kingdom and has taught us to pray, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. And now may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you his peace. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Alleluia. Christ is risen indeed. Hallelujah.